Welcome to this week's episode of Ask Amy. Today we are talking about your property taxes. It's a subject a lot of people love to talk about, right? <laughs> oh, they do all the time with me, Amy. Yeah, absolutely. That is who's <laughs> joining me today is Senator Paul Bettencourt. Thank you so much for coming on to talk with us. Sure. I invited you because this legislative session, you guys have introduced three bills, Senate bills, all of them have passed out of the Senate, but they would essentially, if passed, lower our property taxes. Right. They're, they're whoppers because it's a combined $16.5 billion worth of property tax relief. And never would I think that we would be in a position to give out that much property tax relief in one session. It's astounding. It's off the charts. It's really cool because this is going to be measurable impact on people's property taxes for a long, long time. So we want to talk about it today because some things have to happen. I feel like it's top of mind to a lot of people right now because many people just received their valuations in the mail from whatever taxing district, whatever county they're in. And you're like every year it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Um, so this impacts though the tax bills that come later. Right. Well, because th there's two steps. There's the value of the bill, which is up okay, mm -hmm. right now. But what you'll see is tax rates are really going to come down with exemptions. So while appraisals are always important and you need to keep track of them, it's not like the old days that when your appraised value went up 10%, your tax rate stayed the same, so your tax bill went up 10%. Actually, things have really changed, Amy, in the Houston area and the Austin area in San Antonio, everybody's average homestead bill actually went down this year compared to last year. So when you look at the value, understand that it's just part of the equation now. You have to look at your tax bill, flip it over, uh -huh. and you'll see that you actually paid less than you did last year on average. Yeah, and so, I mean, so basically you're telling me what I should worry about or concern myself with more is that tax rate that I'm being charged, whether it's from the school districts or the county or the city. Right, you have to follow that because that's the key step. Because what's happening is we're with these Senate bills, three, four, and five, we're really cranking up the amount of exemption that homeowners are going to get. We're also lowering tax rates as values go up. We're really crashing the tax rate mm -hmm. to offset that. And the result is uh, that people's uh, all, every, homestead bills will be down, no question about it. The question is how much. We'll talk about that. These are eye-popping numbers, too. And, and more importantly, they're going to be here year after year. So this is going to be good news long term going forward. OK, so let's talk first about where all this extra money is coming from. I mean, in years past, when nobody's <laughs> ever thought about, oh, yeah, we'll cut all these exemptions and cut property taxes because they say, oh, we need that money for streets and roads and schools and everything else our taxes pay for. So how do we have so much extra right now? Well, we have so much extra because Texas economy is booming. OK, mm -hmm. so we've got jobs. We've uh, coming in from all over the country. Uh, we have, uh, you know, record sales tax uh, increases. We've got off the charts oil and gas severance taxes uh, due to volume increases. So all this has come into the state coffers into the treasury. And so we really have $16.5 billion comfortably to spend on property tax relief for several years to come. And that's not even all the surplus, isn't it? Total something like $33 billion? Right. The surplus is at least twice that amount. So so the good news is it's sustainable. And here's the key thing, and, and, and everybody here, it's not going to cost school districts a dime. We're taking okay. all this extra money, and we're basically asking the public to approve grabbing some of that excess cash and bringing it in and getting their money back in the form of tax relief. 
Okay, so we're going to get started on that. For people who don't know, if you if you haven't lived in Texas for very long or Harris County, I mean, sort of what makes you in a unique position. And, and he was elected senator in 2014, started serving in 2015. But before that, for 10 years, you were the Harris County tax assessor collector. Right. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> I was a tax man for a tax cut, however, back then. Yeah, so, I mean, well, tell us about that. What do you mean? Because everybody thought, oh, I got to send you all this money. Well, if uh, back and still in Texas, you actually write out your check in the name of the tax assessor. Uh -huh. Now, if I kept all that money, I would have been in Leavenworth as opposed to in the right, Senate. Right, right. Okay, but. Uh, but even then, uh, we were talking about property tax relief and the need for it. I say we, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and I and many other people. So now we're in a position to do something about it, and the results are going to be uh, just a whopper for, on people's bills. $800 for the average homestead per year for the rest of the time they own the home, or over $1,000 for over 65 homesteads. It's really going to be a, a fabulous tax package for everyone. Everybody's going to be able to see it. Okay. All right. So I want to go through that, and I also want to talk about some of the um, critics and some of those arguments, people who say, like, oh, this won't work for the, because of this. But let's start. Sure, no there problem. Are, it's like live radio. I do it every Friday. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not going to stump you. But there are three Senate bills, and I kind of want to go in order, oh. even though you guys sort of wrote them all together to right. go hand in hand sure. in hand. Um, so the first one, we're looking at Senate Bill 3. So uh, this one, I, I guess, kind of seems like the most popular because people can really understand it. If you've got a home and you have that homestead exemption, this is where it would help you. And if you don't have a homestead exemption in a home you're living in. If you don't have a homestead exemption, get one because it's the easiest thing you can do. All you have to do is write a, a simple form into your appraisal district and have your driver's license match the address of your homestead and boom, you get granted. Now, here's what we're doing. Average home is about $331,000 now. Uh -huh. So uh, we're going to raise the homestead exemption from $40,000 to $70,000. Okay. okay. That's for the average home. And then we're going to be driving down tax rates on top of it. Now, the bigger home you have, the more you get. Because, okay. because as the value times the rate equals the bill, um, so, so the so the good news is for the average home, this is about a twenty five percent reduction in, in school taxes, boom like that. Okay. So and 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 that's just one component. But wait, we're not done yet. Okay. okay. If you're over sixty five and you've paid a lifetime of taxes, we're going to add a thirty thousand dollar increase to your exemption. Right now it's ten thousand. So the seventy thousand plus the thirty is a one hundred thousand exemption on seniors' homes, and that's a huge number. And that means that the average senior home will be getting a thousand and sixty-two dollars off forever for as long as they own the home. These are average. This would be money less money that you owe in taxes. Right, because right because you won't pay them. See, this yeah. is an important point, Amy. The the most powerful tool I have as a tax writer is to exempt people. If you don't, if you exempt them. You don't pay. So, I mean, so the yeah. great news about, about uh, exemptions is that once they're there, they stay with you. Wherever you move, however long you own the home, they'll stay with you, and okay. you'll never pay that tax. Okay. So just for people who might not understand that, just to elaborate a little bit more, so you said the average home in, in Texas is 331000 $331,000. So then if you're giving somebody $70,000 off of that, you can only be taxed on? The remaining you know, in this case, 75% roughly, okay? Yeah. And and so, and, and because, and importantly, 
um, that, that means that you only pay taxes in that case on two hundred sixty-one thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and for an over sixty-five home, it, uh, no more than two hundred thirty-one, actually less, because many over sixty-fives are already frozen; their values are frozen, so they have a more complicated, uh, complicated uh, uh, payout. But but a but a very positive one. Again, eight hundred dollars average home, a thousand for over sixty-five, and why it's important is this, Amy. There's 5.7 million homeowners in the state. Uh-huh. So we're talking about a huge number of people that are getting that off for, forever. And there's over 2 million over 65 disabled homeowners, and they're getting 1000 bucks a year off. So that's why uh, those plans are A-rated a by the public. When the public hears about them, boy, they're excited because they know they're going to get that money off. And that's a big, big deal long term. It's like $24,000 on a 30-year mortgage and... Um, and, you know, and, of course, $1,000 a year, people can do that math in their head. Right, exactly. Okay, so we want to talk about the other Senate bills when we come back. It's a good time to take a break. There's still four and five, and, act, and we want you to keep listening because there is something that taxpayers, constituents actually have to do for this to go all the way through and to happen. Right. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Ask Amy. Joining me is Senator Paul Betancourt. We're talking property taxes and we're talking Senate bills that have already passed out of the Senate to help lower property taxes uh, because we have this huge surplus. So we just talked about Senate Bill 3 that would increase the exemption um, on homesteads. And then going hand in hand with that is Senate Bill 4. And what would that do? It sounds like it's sending more money to schools from this surplus. It does. Basically what it does is that it, it, it sets up a constitutional fund that lets us fund a tax cut. And what happens is as values go up, we're driving the rates down. Now, we also are fixing parts of what was Robin Hood, which okay. is something I've been against for 20 years, which is we used to take from school districts and give to other school districts to, to do school finance. Well, we changed school finance formulas, so we don't need Robin Hood anymore. So basically what we're doing is we're drilling in a hole in what's left of the old Robin Hood code. And that way, as we pour money into uh, this bucket, it will actually get to people in the form of tax rate compression. That's the concept. And that's for maintenance and operation. It means that your, your amount of tax you pay compresses every year. And, and right now, we're looking at uh, that to be about 17 pennies of, of, of change in the next two years. So that's a huge amount of tax relief coming just on the school portion of your tax bill. 17 cents of every dollar, you right. mean? Right, 17 cents roughly, because, okay. and because that's roughly how much people spend on a ISD tax bill right now. Okay. That's uh, about $1.13 to be precise. So, so this is a big reduction. So you've got the exemptions that we just covered, plus this big tax rate reduction. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get these whopper numbers for homesteads of $800 for the average home and over 1000 for over 65s. Okay, so I was just asking you about this. Basically, when you look at your tax bill and you see that tax bill at the end of the year, sometimes you have to write two checks because you're paying bills to the county, you're paying right. bills to, to the, the city. city, you're paying, <laughs> and then you're paying the the school district, whatever right. school district you live in, whether you've got kids or not, they go to that school district. Right. And so the only one that the state can actually do anything about is are the school is the taxes. Schools, right. Now we have done some things about city and county taxes. Um, in 2019, we passed two major bills 
House Bill 2, uh, excuse me, Senate Bill 2 and House Bill 3. Mm -hmm. And that changed how much cities and counties could raise your taxes. It also changed how much school taxes could go up. So in addition to that, we're doing now all this extra work with $16.5 billion. You know, I, I didn't have even, you know, half of that amount of money for tax relief until now. Uh -huh. So this will be a very clear change in your tax bills. Everybody will see them. And it won't be just a small amount of money. It's going to be, you know, hundreds of dollars, uh, if not over $1,000 on average homes. So basically, um, just to explain to people, what we're doing is we're taking, asking, telling the state, hey, you take that extra money that you're making the and take five point. $38 billion every year and send it to school districts instead of taking that from taxpayers? Right. So here's, here, and here's the important point because you, you kind of teased it. Lance. You're going to get to vote. Folks, you're going to get to vote on this in November. What you're voting on is this. You'll see these big exemption increases. And, you, and the language will be, do you want to raise the exemption of the, of the average home from 40000 to 70000 And the answer, I hope, will be yes. And then do you want to raise the homestead exemption for seniors by another 30000 which I assume is yes, too. And then we'll be talking about business taxes to get rid of a nuisance tax on small businesses called business personal property taxes of, of, of about 25000 and then you'll also be asked to put together, uh, agree to a constitutional fund that will fund all this. Okay. So, so the public's going to get to vote on it. And when you do, you're going to go get the excess cash that we've got. Uh -huh. And and just need to know that the school districts won't be hurt. And we're not touching the rainy day fund. Okay. So if, if there is big trouble in the economy, okay, we will have taken excess cash. We won't have changed our ongoing uh, uh, budget allocation, and we keep our rainy day fund intact, too. So we're covered three ways from Sunday, literally. Okay, so then let's talk about this, though. So I, I said I'm going to tell you what, you know, some critics, and obviously you've heard sure. from those critics. Um, <laughs> one is they're like, well, wait a minute. So you're asking the state to take from the surplus that we now have, this $5.38 billion, and sending it to school districts. But what happens in years that we're not as flush with cash, that we don't have that much money to send to the schools, and then our homestead exemptions have gone up, so they're not getting as much from us on that end. Like, how do we make up for that? Well, I had the same question in 2019 when I passed those other two bills. And people were worried, oh, there won't be enough oil and gas severance tax. Well, mm -hmm. that was wrong. Because we had huge pipeline increases from the Permian Basin. And now we're taking in record amount of revenue. And here, the same things happened post-COVID. The amount of sales tax revenue has jumped by double digits, okay? Mm -hmm. And even uh, just recently, with, with all the job growth we've had, we're, we're in a single-digit growth. So what's happened is you have to understand that things never stay the same. Things are never static. Mm -hmm. So when we look to Texas, Texas has the best economy in the nation, number one on job growth, and we're hauling in a record amount of revenue. So what we're done is we haven't spent all the surplus, and we haven't even spent all of what we could spend. We're looking forward to make sure it's sustainable, because uh -huh. that's one of the things that Lieutenant Governor Patrick and also Finance Chair Joan Huffman uh, insist on, is that we have a sustainable tax cut. So I, 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 we're good for at least half a dozen years, or, or I think for the rest of my life, quite frankly. Yeah. Okay. So we would change, I mean, because we're getting to that. He mentioned the vote in November. So after we get all these through the Senate and then if they pass the House, then it's going to be on a ballot because we're voting to change the Constitution. So you usually think that's pretty long term. Right. But what will happen is the way we've got this set up, Amy, is that in November, 
But if people vote yes, it hits the tax bill immediately, like mm -hmm. really that same year. So if you vote yes, boom, your tax bill's down in November. That's about as best of a vote as I can arrange. That it would be that quickly, because usually right. it's like, oh, it's next the year. year or whatever. Yeah. going to take no. two years to take effect. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's right. You know, so, uh, but no, we're going to, actually will hit, all those exemptions will hit the tax bill immediately. Okay. On, on a, for over 65 and, and, and regular homeowners. Okay. So there is one more Senate bill. I know you said that mostly has to do with business. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, uh, again, a little bit more about what people may see on the ballot come November, and we will be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Ask Amy. We are talking about your property tax bills, and we're here with Senator Paul Betancourt. So three Senate bills we've been discussing. We touched on three. We touched on four. And now you said Senate Bill 5 is all about <laughs> businesses and what right. they pay in property taxes. Right. And this is a critical component. Um, there's a, what, what I call a nuisance tax. It's called business personal property. It's basically everything you see here, all the furniture and the fixtures. You have to uh -huh. render them on a form. You have to turn it into your appraisal district. And it takes a lot of time. So we're going to increase the exemption of that to $25,000. That means an average small business won't be paying any, in, any tax on it. But here's what they really get back. They get back not that only that exemption, which is about $500, but they get back their time. Mm -hmm. The IRS says to fill out a two-page rendition form, it takes half a day, and to file it takes half a day. So just by getting rid of that for small business, that gives them back one full day out of a couple hundred uh -huh. in a year. And think about it, just by eliminating one little tax, the average business owner, you know, man or woman, you know, gets back a day of their time. That's really cool stuff. Now, we also have a blockbuster new inventory tax credit. People pay on inventories, uh, businesses, manufacturers, uh, et cetera, and, we're, and they don't like it. And we're very uh, non-competitive in the United States. We're, uh, we're uncompetitive from the standpoint of that we have a high inventory tax. So we're going to give them a credit off the, uh, their franchise tax, which they probably hate as much as their, uh, as their property tax bill. So we're getting a two-for-one out of it. So it's really a novel feature, $1.5 billion. Senator Parker's carrying it. I'm riding shotgun on it. But it's a great package for business tax relief. Plus, they get compression, too. Okay. Every, everybody, okay. renters, apartments, everybody get that extra tax rate compression. So everybody in the state gets something out of Senate bills three, four, and five. Okay. So we discussed briefly that there is, you know, the House is working on a separate bill. Uh, and you're like, ah, we don't really like that one. Because <laughs> what they want to do, they're taking it from the appraisal standpoint and basically saying that the appraisal district right now, they can, and they do, raise your property sure. value by 10% every year. I mean, you know. It's always going to go up 10%. At least it seems like it is. So they want to cap it and say that they can't, their, their cap is not 10%, but their cap is 5%. Right. That yeah. can't really go hand in hand with yours. It's kind of an either or. Well, it's kind of an either or because here's why. Look, it's a simple equation as tax assessor. The value times the rate equals the bill. If um, your value goes up and your tax rate stays the same, your bill goes up. But we changed all that in 2019. As the value goes up, the rate comes down, and we want tax rates to go down. When we started all this, we were the third highest tax rate in the country. Only New Jersey and Illinois were higher, and they've got appraisal caps. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. New Jersey got a 4% appraisal cap. 
So they hold down the value, but they let the tax rate go to the moon, and uh-huh. then for your 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 tax bill goes up. So that's why we too chose the other path of cutting the exemptions. I mean, basically cutting off a, a chunk of your tax bill off by exemptions and lowering the rate down. And so we don't want anything that puts rate pressure back up because what we're doing is lowering rates because we don't want to be the third largest, uh, third highest in the country. We drop to about ninth. We want to get down and keep going down because that's how people make decisions of where to move jobs. Right. Big companies look and say, well, if the tax rate is low, I can go there. So, so, and if they worked, I would use them, but we gave this up 15 years ago because that's something that I knew as a tax assessor didn't work. And I'll give you an example. There's one group of people that appraisal cap will never help. That's Mm -hmm. the 2 million over 65 disabled homes because they're already frozen. Ah. So see, so, so 2 million of the people can't be helped and an appraisal cap doesn't help the remainder everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's only in markets where things are hot. And right now, like, you know, uh, you know, maybe Harrison, Fort Bend are, but Austin and uh, San Antonio are not. So they, so we want something that helps everybody all over the state, no matter where they are. And that's why we're using exemptions and, and rate reduction in the Senate plan. Okay. All right. So all you guys have until May 29th to work all this out? Is that it? I mean, the right. last day of the legislature is May 29th? I believe it's, yeah, Memorial Day. I okay. Think. Right. All right. okay. And, so. and what I mean by that, it's already passed out of the Senate. Now it's sitting in the House. They need to approve it. Well, the, yeah, the Senate plan is already in the House, so they either have to send our, their plan to us, which they've not been able to, they hadn't passed yet, or they should adopt the Senate plan. But no matter what happens, I, I predict the public will vote in November. You're going to get a chance to vote on this in November. So, you know, Uncle Paul's advice is if you get a shot, vote yes. But I, I don't know what you're voting on yet, but just keep aware of what, what will happen because if you do, it will hit your tax bill immediately. Right. So, I mean, we're discussing this now, and hopefully on the news you would hear more about it as it gets closer <laughs> to Election Day right. because it's not going to appear on your on your ballot, most likely, as it's not going to say Senate Bill 3, 4, and 5. No, it's going to have will, some other language. It will say a proposition. Now, by the way, we just had those propositions approved. I had two on the May ballot uh-huh. um, that the public approved 85 to 87%. One helped over 65s because their values aren't frozen anymore. They actually, this year, they'll start coming down. They're freeze values. And, and the public increased the homestead exemption from twenty five to 40000 uh-huh. So we've already passed all this. In fact, the House voted for all that unanimously. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll, you know, change their mind and come back and, and support the Senate plan and we can get these, all this to the public to vote on in November. Is there any chance that the House passes three and five, but not four? Or can they pass one and not the other and it ends up on the ballot without all of these as a package? Well, it's, it's, there's always a chance. And the, the, the difference is the package is $16.5 billion. $15 billion uh, are, is already part of the budget. Uh, a billion and a half, the business segment, is coming out of, the, um, is coming out of a different fund. But the good news is that the, the House has a plan uh, that's roughly the same size. They just have a, they're using a tool that I don't think they can get the votes for to get the votes out on. So, so I believe we'll go to conference committee and something good will happen. I suspect that if for some reason we don't, we'll be back at a special session and probably, you know, to, to solve it. it. Property tax relief of this magnitude is too big to ignore. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody's been paying a lifetime of taxes for over 65s, or they're just starting out, and we want to make sure that people stay in their homes. Or what about the small business person? I mean, we, we've got too much good relief here to let it sit, mm-hmm. and we got too much money in the bank to let it go unnoticed. So uh, I, I, I can tell you, Lieutenant Governor Patrick has said that he, he'll do whatever it takes to make sure we vote on these tax bills because pu- the public is needs the relief. It's their money. We're giving it back to them. So we're going to do it. Okay. I said that I would mention some criticisms. One, and this obviously from a layperson, not somebody who's been tax assessor, collector, studying all this for 10 years. But if we have 16 and a half billion dollars that we're looking at spreading out and then we say on this on this the senate bill four that each year we're each year we're going to ask the state to give the school districts 5.38 billion right right i mean aren't we running out of that 16 and a half billion pretty quickly no because we've actually budgeted 15 of it in the base budget both the house and the senate okay so we've got it in our budget for that money okay going forward in perpetuity okay all right and remember we've got it in our base budget and we're to, but for extra insulation, we're asking the public, hey, let us grab it from the excess cash above our spending caps. Right. Can we take that money? And they'll say, I predict they'll say yes. And then even if all that has a problem, Amy, mm-hmm. we haven't touched our rainy day funds. They're Do you know all how much is in there? Billions, double digit billions, well over ten billion. Okay. So we haven't touched that. So we've we've got three layers of insulation here. We'll be fine long term. Trust me. I've been doing this for a long time. And so I, I know we have a plenty of money to keep these tax cuts going. And remember, it won't cost school districts a dime. All right. We are going to put links to all of those bills, Senate bills <laughs> three, four, and five in our show notes so that you can read them for yourself and keep an eye out for them should they make it on the ballot in November. We'll hopefully update you before then to make sure that happens. Senator, thank you so much for coming in today. Just want to tell everybody, live long and prosper. You will with these property tax bills. I trust me. <laughs> Have a great day.